Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, the career crisis email. Hi everyone, this is Mike, and welcome back to Manager Tools. Today's cast describes your initial communications with a friend or associate whose career is at risk, for whatever the reason. We read in the Wall Street Journal this week about a bank failure in the U.S. due to the mortgage debt crisis the markets are facing. As it turns out, we have several Manager Tools members there, one of whom is a good friend of ours. As you might expect, Mark sent a quick email to this executive. When Mark mentioned to another member they had done so, the member said, well, I didn't want to intrude, so I didn't say anything. As Mark asked around some more, he discovered that others felt similarly. Didn't want him to be embarrassed that I knew. Didn't know what to say. Didn't think I could help. Well, they won't be embarrassed. Here's what to say, and you can help. And to make things interesting, this cast has a nice surprise ending. Here we go. And I was really surprised by the response you got when you shared with others that you had sent that email to the the, the friend, you know, to a mutual friend of ours at right, right. that large bank name not to be mentioned. Um, and a majority hadn't done anything for various reasons, right? Yeah. Uh, um, I was, you know, I, I think I've said this before that, I, you know, we shouldn't be surprised at this point. Right. Um, but but I, I was surprised too, and and uh, that's the genesis of the cast. Look, we're not saying they were wrong. Um, I, I respect the way people feel about these things, um, and, and I'm certainly not saying I was right. I mean, I don't think there's a right and wrong here. But but I do think um, if you ever had it happen to you, um, you definitely agree there's a better way to do it. There's a more effective way to interact with your friends and associates and family and so on who are potentially or actually in a career crisis. Right, right. And, and to be fair, there, there were a lot of folks who agreed with your communication, but they just hadn't done it themselves. Right. And, and maybe that's the group that bugged me, right, that that didn't take action. You know, feelings without actions are, I don't know, there's probably a quote about that somewhere. Um, and, and 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 also, as I say, as we say, it was a majority that didn't, but but some had done something, right? Um, maybe not necessarily to this particular person, depending upon the connection or whatever, um, but to others in other situations. Um, but I, I think what we're saying, it was just more spotty than than I wished it would have been or it could have been. Good. Okay. Well, I, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here. So right, so so right. why do we lay the cast out? What are we going to talk right. about today? Four major points. Okay, we're going to recommend people send an email, then follow up with a phone call, then check in once a month by email. And then we've got and then at the end, in keeping with the idea of let's put the background in the back, um, we'll share some background thoughts that I think will be I'll be helpful. And we've got multiple sub bullets under each one of these. But rather than detailing them all now, because they're fairly straightforward, they just tell you what parts of an email, what part of the voicemail, we'll just give you the four major points. Send an email, follow up with a phone call, check in once a month by email, and then we want to share some background thoughts. Good. 
Okay, so let's go back a second um, before before you laid out those points there. We were you, you had a thought. I'd like to just finish here, but okay. I think there's something important okay. there. Um, you 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 said a minute ago that some had done something, right. but it wasn't as much as you had expected. And I had been about to say that I bet they said, well, it's not him, it's his company. And this really goes to the why of this particular cast. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I, I think people tend to depersonalize things. Maybe that makes it easier. I, I, um, I, I'm not a psychologist, that's for sure. One person even texted me back that this person we were talking about should be fine after reading that the bank had been acquired. Um, and, and of course, the problem with that is that bank reading about what banks uh, what you can read about in the news during difficult times for banks. You're not reading data. You're reading PR. Um, the fact that the, the bank is open for business as usual doesn't have anything to do with the job security of executives at the bank. Uh, but, but look, all, all of this misses the fundamental point. Um, why this cast is, is, I think, a very important one. Um, and you could probably put it in the, in the bucket of one kind thing. Uh, it, it's not about the company. It's not about the market. It's not about the why or what's going to happen or the potential likelihood. It's about the person. It's about the fact that they know even if it's 5% or 30% or 50%, that they are at risk. Um, it doesn't even matter whether they are at risk or not, right? It's that they think they're at risk. Yeah, exactly. Oh, even better. You're totally right. Yeah, yeah. And, and the idea that somebody else not at their company could read a couple of uh, Wall Street Journal headlines and say, well, therefore, they're, they're okay. Yeah, it, you know, it's, it seems even more um, um, Oh, stepping away from the relationship that you have with people. So, look, um, as delicately as I can probably say it, it's not about you or you're knowing what to say either. Um, the fact that people don't know what to say, just uh, frustrating. Look, this is about extending yourself um, without, even if it's hard to do, even if it's hard to, to get there, without a clear understanding of the details for the benefit of someone else. Um, you know, dare I say it, it's about love, folks. Um, I don't care how high a D or how high up in the company your friends are, something like this happens and they feel fear. It's real. That the, What they're feeling is real. How they feel may be their fault, but they still feel it. Um, so it, as many people as are constantly checking their email every day, all day, allowing themselves to be interrupted, Surely we can use that to our advantage for once um, by just typing a hundred words or so to a friend or to a colleague who could use a hand up, a lift, a, you know, a, hey, I'm thinking about you. Uh, if you've ever gotten one of these things, you know, man, I, I'm going to send more of those in my life because it sure meant a lot when I got it. Um, it, it. You know, think about it. Imagine what it would be like if you were the one receiving 20 emails within 24 hours of a crisis in your industry or your company or division or geography, whatever. Um, you know, the beauty of the result is, is it's a little bit like cold fusion facilitated by email. <laughs> you, you get this, you know, it's, it, it doesn't take very much for any of these people to do it. And you just get this huge benefit. Yeah, and, It's and, an outsized reward for, for very little time that the sender, what we're asking people to do, that the sender has to spend. It's just huge. Yeah, it's absolutely huge. And the benefit happens because of the details. So, right. so, so why don't we get to them? And our, our first one, which is going to be a little bit surprising, because I've never actually heard you use the words cold fusion and email 
together yeah, before. Um, and, and the fact that your first recommendation would be actually to send an email is shocking. So I hope I think I, it ranks right up there with Mark Horseman as no Zig Ziglar. Um, that's my <laughs> right. If folks, have, <laughs> if, if folks don't know what we're referring to, we did put uh, out um, some video of uh, testimonials, if you will, from the Effective Manager Conference. So if you go to the Atlanta Effective Manager Conference page uh, on, on the website, um, a good friend, well, now a good friend, uh, attendee, uh, Kenny Pratt said, Kenny, thank you very much. And, yeah. and his, his, one of his remarks, well, well it's like, no, it's, it's not like there's Zig Ziglar in there. Which just yeah, I think he was saying me. it was really inspirational. It was really exciting. It got him charged up. And then he said, I don't, I don't want to oversell it. I mean, it's not like he's Zig Ziglar or something. It was great. <laughs> great. About 20 people have, have uh, who have seen the video have sent me a note saying, ha-ha. You're no Zig Ziglar. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I took us off on <laughs> inside a baseball. So yeah. send an email. Zig Ziglar. Yeah. Zig Ziglar um, says send an email. What's what's yeah, the deal? Easy, there? folks. Here it is. Send an email the moment you hear about notable difficulties in an industry or company that you believe affects your friends or associates. Easiest thing in the world, based on what we see every day, right? I mean, how hard is it to send an email, folks? So short, you can do it on your BlackBerry. Uh, it's not a big, long email. We'll tell you what to write here in a second. We recommend email to start because it is the lowest hurdle, and we want to get you over it. Um, uh, we don't want this to be a chore. We don't want you to have to think about it because it's it's that thinking, I think, that causes folks to balk. Okay, what do I do? How do I do it? What would I say? How you know? What's the right thing to say? To heck with that. It doesn't matter what the right thing to say. We'll tell you what to say to lower the bar even further, but... But uh, we're making it too hard. We're coming up with reasons not to do it. Uh, to say, well, I, I don't have their phone number, for instance, right? Okay, good enough reason you can't call them, but that doesn't mean you can't send an email. Right, so, so um, you're, not, you're not saying that email is the best way to communicate with these folks. We're saying that it's the lowest hurdle. We know a lot of you yeah. won't overcome higher hurdles, and so we're lowering the bar as, as low as we can here. Yeah, I, I'm prepared to send... Um, not ideal communications, just so that ide- so that some form of communication gets sent, right? What's what's that Marine slogan? Do what you can with what you have, where you are right now. It, you know, don't let's not try to be perfect. Well, okay, it's you know, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, right? Exactly. A, a phone call might be great. A half an hour phone call would be great, but I don't think we're going to get that many people to do that right yeah. away. And, and folks, please, I, I know you're thinking about sending us an email, telling us that. You were right all along that email is a better form of communication than, oh my than calling via the phone. So so just just don't yeah. hit the send button, please. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Write it and feel good about it and delete it. <laughs> yeah. Um, um so, okay, so look, we, we want the recipient, want the person we're sending it to, to to hear from us as quickly as they can. And that means us sending or talking to them right away. And again, email just seems to us the very best way to start. It's a low barrier to entry, and that's what we want. Good. And of course, as folks might expect, we have some very specific recommendations for what to say. And we start ours with, I heard. Yeah. yeah. Folks, just do this. Okay. Um, The first line is, I heard or read about the challenges that you slash your company slash your industry is facing or or something like that. Just start with, I heard about um, Wachovia. I heard about Lehman Brothers. Um, don't start with the more common approach with a, Hey, old friend email, which is something like, I hope this note finds you well, or, Hey, how you doing? Something like that. 
we're going to say I hope here in a second, okay? Um, but you want to start the email off with a clear message of why you're writing it. Okay, if you start an email to a friend in crisis with a standard first line, the first emotion is going to be negative. They're going to be <laughs> like, do you not know what's going on here, dude? Yeah, yeah, good. I mean, good way to start. You're sitting just, this is just a random, all of a sudden I came up in your thoughts, and so you're going to send me, hey, had a great weekend this weekend, hope things are going good. Tell your spouse I said hi. Oh, my God. Starting with their situation that you're aware of it will engender the immediate appreciation. They're going to understand, okay, he's writing because he knows that things aren't great for me. Um, and, and that will make them more open to the rest of your message. Absolutely. And then next we, we suggest something starting with, I hope pretty simple. Like, I hope everything's okay or something along those lines. I hope all's well. I hope you're feeling confident. Here's hoping you're not affected at all. Right. You don't have to go on and on. Right now we're two sentences into an email. Um, Hey, I heard about things that aren't, aren't so good right now. And then I hope everything's okay. Don't share what you've read. Right. You don't need to give them you don't need to send them an article about their company going bankrupt or being acquired or <laughs> right, declaring like they chapter don't know. seven right. or chapter eleven. Yeah. You just rub it in. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. Hey, by the way, don't know if you know. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it comes across, by the way. It comes across as rubbing it into a rubbing salt yeah. into a wound. Yeah. Um look, the the only reason you would share what you've read or what you know is because you have deep inside information. Um you know, I, I got an email or actually text message from a friend of mine at Treasury about one of the banks. Um, and so I sent that to this particular person we're talking about. Um, uh, but, but you know, m- most of us rarely have that. 99% of the time, none of us have that. And so you don't share. You don't, you don't give background information. Look, it's probably that they know more. They know what you know, and they know more than that. Um, and, and while it's not impossible... It's unlikely you're going to be helpful with data, pretty simply. Um, this communication is about being able to help them, offering assistance, offering friendship, stepping up and saying, that, you know, this is the definition of a friend, somebody who's there with you when the crap hits the fan. Um, it, also, it also does something else. The, the I hope does something else. Um, early on in this mail, right, second sentence, second, second thought, it suggests that perhaps this situation is totally not going to affect the recipient, okay? They're untouched or they're in a different line of work or they're unscathed in some way, whatever. This allows them both to get the benefit of you saying, hey, I'm concerned, I'm, I, you know, I'm your friend and I hope everything's okay, while also knowing quickly that the rest of your mail, to some degree, isn't necessarily going to apply to them. Right. Okay. And then, of course, we say, contact me. You know, right. contact me if you need anything, if there's anything I can do, if you need job help, someone to talk to, references, whatever. Yep, there you go. And notice that, references, somebody to talk to, job help, if there's anything I can do. Um, a lot of people leave this step out. You know, I, I could be wrong here, but I think leaving it out can leave the impression with folks that you're saying, hey, I just want to express my concern. Yeah, not like I want to do anything to help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not really a friend. I just want to appear as a friend. True friends, close friends, those who care, even if they have no idea what they might be able to do for you, um, always include, hey, call me or email me or text me if you need anything at all. You're just telling them that they'll know better than you 
what they need when they need it. And they know better their schedule. If they need you, you'll be there. That's what it says. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then finally, make it easy for them to contact you by giving it to them. You know, here's my contact info. Right. You list it all. Home, work, cell numbers. They may want to call rather than send an email. Okay. And don't make them send a note asking for your phone number if, in fact, you've offered to help. You don't know where they're getting your message, home or work or their BlackBerry. They may not have access to the place where they store all that information, although one hopes that they followed our advice about references and not all of their contact information is on their work computer. So if suddenly the axe falls, they can't get to all their friends and associates. I think we got some feedback saying we were too harsh about it, but... Um, a couple of years ago, we, we talked about a cast about how, how to prepare for a layoff. And one of the things we said was, you need to print that stuff out and it needs to be at home. But they may not be at home. They may be in the car. They may be on a subway, whatever the case might be. Um, uh, now, including phone numbers as well, just makes so much sense. They're often formatted in the mail to allow the person to simply click on that link and immediately call you back. Right. And, and, and by the way, this just goes back to some of the advice we offered before, which is if all you have is their work email and they're no longer at work, Ooh. it's really tough to reach out. Ooh, nice. Good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciate the little piece of technology that, 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 that the software recognizes phone numbers and emails and, and allows you on a BlackBerry. In fact, if I get an email from somebody with a phone number and I'm going to call them back, I wait until I'm in the car to call people back because I can just, I don't have to dial the phone. I just push the button. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, we suggested email for you to make your hurdle lower, pay that favored for favor forward to them by making their return call to you easy for them. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. And our last point here. Uh, it's somewhat optional, right? I mean, this is an optional step, but um, yeah. yeah, share an insight. Yeah, look, if you've been there before. If you got it. <laughs> yeah, it, um, or, or you believe you have something valuable that could be specifically helpful, then okay, please share it. Please do not make something up or, hey, I've heard X. Uh, or go looking for some inspirational quote to send or a funny anecdote to send to them. Don't send anything on the spur of the moment. We really recommend caution here unless you're speaking from personal experience. Yeah, and, and uh, luckily for you, <laughs> luckily, you, you, you do speak from experience. You, you were actually fired. <laughs> how lucky, how lucky. Well, so you're, you're well, well situated to help people now. Well, I, I tell you, I um, I talked to somebody last night who was aware of um, um, Kate getting cancer, you know, nearly 20, 20 years ago, and um, and also my firing, and we were talking about people that might be affected, um, and uh, by the recent credit crisis, and in in doing so, you know, that this person said, you know, I called you, and I said, yep, and I'll never forget it. Um, it meant the world to me that somebody called me. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, I, I suppose you could extend career crisis to personal crisis. If one of your friend's children or spouse or themselves have cancer um, or has been diagnosed with a, a difficult situation, um, this is a good time to send a career crisis email because that puts their career in crisis as well. Um, right. And you no longer yeah, have the excuse I, of not knowing how, right? We're telling you. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no excuses. So, so let's go back to sharing an insight because you you've been through this both personal crisis and career crisis. Right. So, um, what do you share with folks? Yeah, what, what's your, what's I, your insight? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask that. Um, I think I think they'll probably will be surprised. Um, I first of all, let me, let me preface it by saying this: I will say I am the worst guy to use as an example here. I am supposed to know what to do. And I get calls every week from someone saying, what do I do about X or Y or Z? And look, I've got lists. I mean, surely everyone listening by now knows I've got flipping lists and I go right down them. And the reason I have the list is I get the call all the time. And after the 10th one, I said, I got to figure out a way to do this better because too many people are calling me asking for career advice. Um, but I will share the one that catches many, many people by surprise. It's what I think of as my unique contribution. It's not a very big contribution, but it is unique. Uh, and that, that piece of guidance that I give people that I share specifically with everyone is tell your spouse now, tell him or her everything, and share even that which may cause fear when you know there are mitigating factors that make the news unimportant. Do not not share with your spouse because they, quote, won't understand, how dare you, um, or you can't be certain of something. Or they don't know your industry, or that's just the boss ranting on, it'll be okay. It is not the data that matters. It's the behavior which says, now, in a time of crisis, I'm committed to complete openness to the most important person in the world to me. Uh, it, it's really a process step here. It's a commitment, it's an investment, um, not the content that matters. And And I want to let me, let me say one other thing. Uh, I've, I've been at lunch with someone who asked me, who actually said, I watched you go through getting fired and you seem to do it pretty darn well. Um, you didn't seem too upset by it and, um, and you seem to bounce right back. And I, I told them the story, the Indiana Jones story I've told so many people. And, um, and they said, you know, what was it? And I said, well, one thing is I, I went out and told people I got fired, which was stunning to people, but, um, why, why not be truthful? Um, most people didn't like my former bosses anyway. Um, but here's what he said back. I, I asked him, I said, so have you told your spouse? And he said, no. I mean, this is two days after. Oh, two God. days after. I said, dude, you're having lunch with me and you haven't told her? I said, okay. I paid the check and I walked out. I said, I'm ready to talk to you when you're willing to tell your spouse. Um, and, and I would say 10 to 20% of the time, people have not told their spouse. Hmm. And... That's crazy talk. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy talk. Exactly. Of course, I'll I'll, I'll tell the, the the sad story again for me that um, I went home after I got fired that morning. It was eight fifteen in the morning, and um, my wife said, "My God, what are you doing home?" And I said, "I got fired." Um, and she said, "Oh my God, what are we going to do?" And I said, uh, <laughs> "One of the stupidest things I've ever said in my life." I said, "Oh, well, I don't know about you, but I'm going to get a cup of coffee." <laughs> you know, it's it's when you put in stories like this, it it just makes my editing job all that much harder because I got to figure out, okay, do I leave that in? It's kind of funny. Oh, uh, sorry, but sorry. people are gonna get the wrong idea. No, just yeah. Okay, so okay, good. So let's so let's go on to our our second rec recommendation, which folks are going to be surprised. It's number two and not number one, which is right. Follow up with a phone call. Yeah, because only sending an email says, I heard the news, this is a token effort, it was a low barrier to entry, I, I jumped over this low barrier, here you go, now I've forgotten about you. 
If someone in a crisis is going to get offers of assistance, they'll get it right away. But I, I promise you, things tend to fall off pretty quickly. People assume that you're pretty confident, you're pretty competent, you're going to land on your feet. And so everybody assumes that a month after, these are people that have never had it happen to them, that a month after you're going to be fine. And if they call you a month after somehow, that that's implying that you didn't, you weren't totally ready to make a jump to another job and have 50 job offers every day. And so they would assume it would be insulting to contact you, um, uh, um, you know, a week or 10 days or something. Cause you, you're, you're, you're the, you know, you're a cat. You always land on your feet. I don't want to insult you. I'm sure you're already doing fine, but the fact is some people are not, um, it's really the second round, the phone call that says, I'm going to stick by you. Um, and, and generally, we recommend you do this within a week to 10 days. Right. And, and a great thing about this is since you've already sent the email, you've broken the ice a little bit, right? You don't have to have a long conversation to, to introduce the fact that you're offering help or, or you want to help, right? You, you've done that with the email. And so it makes it simple. So let's make it even simpler, right? What do you, what do you say? And just say something simple like, hey, following up, want to see how things are going. Yeah, that's exactly right. You just say, I'm still in the fight with you, buddy. Hey, I'm following up. I'm just checking in. I know how hectic times like this can be. Still thinking about you, buddy. And that's it. Um, It's all you have to do. Hey, Mike, just checking in. Wanted to see if things are okay. Right? Right. Yeah. And then you ask that important question, which is, what can I do for you? Yeah. This is huge. A question, This right? is huge. In the email, you say, you know, you, you don't actually ask a question, but in, but in the phone call, you form it as a question, and it's just it's totally important. Why, 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 is that, why is that so important? Communication styles have changed over the years, and somehow there's been this subtle shift that allows people to believe that if they say they really want to help, if they say they care, if they say, let me know what I can do, if they say happy to do whatever – that those are all somehow questions that require a response or that essentially shifts the burden to the other person. A statement of your interest of helping is somehow shifts the burden to them that says, okay, now it's your turn to ask if you need anything. Um, Not only are these comments not questions, they're about you and your willingness. What you're going to get back is a thank you not a request for help. And I would argue when I'm in a bad mood, that's exactly why people say it the way they do. They don't really want it. They don't want to do any hard work. They want the benefit of offering without the work of doing. Hmm. And, and in fact, you know, I, I've told people before, I call this, this is an example of a, a series of behaviors that I call a Romeo and Juliet. Look, they both want to be together at the end of the play. They're both alive at the very end of the damn play. And they both end up dead and unhappy, Right. I mean, that, that's what happens. So you want to help. You have to ask what they need rather than stating what they already know. Okay? This just happened to me with a request from a fundraiser. He said to me, I'd really like you to donate to our cause. That wasn't the question I had to answer. Now, in fact, I was coaching him. And so I said, well, that's very nice. And she said, he said, will you? And I said, will you what? Will I what? donate. I said, well, I, I, I thought you just told me you wanted me to. I, we've been on the phone for half an hour. Of course, I know you want me to. So I, and I made my joke. I want a Ferrari too, but I don't have one. Um, did you ask me a question? And of course, this person went, aha, yes. 
And then so, this is and this is what makes conversations with you just so wonderful sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that upon all our listeners. Yeah, that's right. I'm I, I'm absolutely certain it's a, I'm a pain in the butt about that because I pay attention. It, it's, I've spent so long watching other managers and executives communicate and noticing why people respond the way they do. It would be stupid for me to engage in the lowest common denominator just because I'm talking to you. I wouldn't want to do that. I know. You wouldn't want to insult me by not insulting me. Right, exactly. Something (laughs) something like that. I don't know. I don't know how that works. So so look, folks, you got to ask, what can I do for you? It has to be a question. Questions start with question words at the start. And that means things like what or how. Right. And then we finish up the call with something equally simply, like how are things going? Yeah, sure. Look, you've achieved the purpose of the call. You offering to help, asking what you can do. Um, it's okay to let them talk about their situation. They may, in fact, tell you that they're fine. Um, if they want to, great. If they feel comfortable, great. Listen well. Don't assume if the first call that it was seven to ten days after you heard that if they say no, everything's fine or whatever. Don't assume that you're always going to get that when you call back. Right? They may just be too busy, and then as they have more more time in the fullness of time, they'll be able to to uh, share more about what's happened and, and where they're going and so on and whether or not everything's okay. Look, if they don't share, uh, if they do share, listen well. If they don't, it's totally fine. This call is about them. Yeah. And if they want to keep it brief, then that's okay. And you're not, you're not, not achieving your objective if it's brief. Good. Okay. Now on to our final what to do point, which is check in once a month by email. And again, this just goes to the issue of not wanting to put our best foot forward and then drag this, this other one behind us. Right. Right. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's really about staying with somebody throughout the entire crisis rather than just uh, weighing in, cheer, you know, cheering them up briefly and then walking away. I, I, again, um, it's the whole idea of, that's why we asked the question, what can I do for you? Right. This is just sending the message that it's not about me, right? It's about right. It's about you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna prove that by checking in once a month. Right. Uh, and that's it. All you have to do is say just checking in, or let me know what I can do. Keep doing so about once a month, three to four weeks, okay? Until you hear something like problem solved, crisis averted, job fine, we've stood down, whatever. Oh, 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 is this, is this, I, I know it's coming. Is this a control shift K moment? Yes. Yeah. live for those. You know, 20 years from now, these casts are still going to be listened to and people are going to be saying, what is control shift K? Um, yeah, it does. For me, look, I, um, I just had a conversation with this guy and I'll be thinking about him. Um, but the fact is a month from now, if I don't write it down and remind myself, will I be there again on the email? I'll probably run into him, but but that's different. I've got to schedule it. I've got to do Control Shift K and Outlook, make a rec- make a task, stay in touch with Bob Smith, and then Control G, which is set up recurrence, and make it for once a month. And it takes it that takes thirty seconds, and then the email takes another minute. If you can't take one minute out of your life every month for a friend or associate in a crisis, let me just be clear: they're not a friend. Just right. delete them from your from your note from your um, contact list. Yeah, and if you must, just just take solace in the fact that you get to check something off your to do list. It's it's a great feeling. Yeah, and <laughs> look for the GTD crowd. Right, it's two minutes or less. Right, it's, it's a no brainer. Yeah, it look, fits perfectly in with David Allen's system. There you go. Excellent. Yep. Cool. 
And then finally, we have some background to consider. Just just some points that we wanted to share overall, right? We try to do these at the end of this show so that you know folks can get to the to dos right away. But right, we know that some might uh, want to know a little bit more. So let's let's talk about that now. Yeah, I'll, I'll be brief. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Okay. Yeah. Um, look, folks, this has happened to me twice in my life. Again, when my daughter was diagnosed with cancer when she was five and when I got fired. I can tell you, people in crisis, confident people, people, su- successful people, people who are set fine for money and so on, people in crisis feel alone until you reach out to them. They are not going to reach out to you beyond notifying you about what happened after it all got done. If they end up having to notify you and the crisis is not averted, what that is telling you is, hey, dirtbag, you should have been on the phone to me or an email to me long before I had to give you an update about my situation. Okay. Um, It's up to you to set the tone of the relationship at that point, rather than making them wonder whether or not you're really a friend. Okay. Um, Secondly, wouldn't life just be a little bit easier if everyone offered to help everyone else out who was in a rough spot? I mean, really, um, this is simply the right thing to do. For most human beings, um, you, you know this is the right thing to do. For, for If you're an American manager right now, um, you have a chance to make someone feel like George Bailey did at the end of the Fantastic Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life where everybody stood up for him and said, no, 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 you've been good to us. And now it's our turn to turn around and be good to you. Um, and, and that's, I, I can tell you, that's what happened in my experience twice in my life. And I, I would give that gift to anyone who needs it. Uh, it was a, a wonderful thing. Um, and I'm going to say one final thing. It's probably a little bit of a downer, but, but for those of you who are already motivated to do this, I'm going to give you another motivation to do it. Very few people actually do this. Don't assume someone else will carry the ball. It starts with you. Well said. Uh, we said we had a surprise at the end of this cast. What's what's the surprise you have for yeah, us? Yeah, this may be a first, actually. This cast emanates from a real time, timely, not timeless, story. Well, I mean, it's, um, it's a first that this actually emanates from real life? Oh, not no, fair, no. dude. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> I just want to make that clear because yeah, I timely. The, key, might the be thing that makes it a first is that it's timely rather than timely. Oh, okay, okay. It's something we rarely do. We want we want to give out advice that lasts fifty years. Good. Okay, scared me for a second. Okay, yeah. go on. I'm sorry. Um, this cast started with my call and a text and an email. Um, nothing wrong with over communicating um, to Matt Beckwith, a longtime member and a special friend of Manager Tools. Matt works for the Big American Bank, uh, Washington Mutual who just recently was taken over after failing in the credit crisis. He's not just a member. Matt's not just a member, but he's been one of the real-world volunteers at our conferences um, and is the head of our member advisory board, um, as, as we like to say, Matt rocks. Okay? Matt, Matt, you rock, dude. Yeah. And as I started writing this cast, because of what I heard from others, I sort of reached out. And by the way, in my case, the note I sent, the email I sent to Matt was copied to four or five mutual friends who I thought maybe would get the hint that, hey, guys, if you haven't done it yet, you might want to send a note. Now, I, I, I'm pretty sure that some of them already had, um, but there's nothing wrong with letting several people know what you're doing and having them say, hey, yeah, man, me too. Um, the person who's receiving it doesn't mind that they had to be reminded. The fact that they hear from them is great. Um, 
So as I started writing, because of what I'd heard when I asked around about others who weren't calling their friends who might be affected, I thought, okay, why not call Matt? Um, maybe, I don't, I don't know, maybe everyone thinks we make this stuff up. Well, you know, I'm, so I'm, I'm going to the point of what really happened. Um, and I did. And here is what Matt actually said. I asked him two questions. One is, hey, how many people did you hear from? And he said, actually, I got about 25 calls or so from family and friends and associates. Yeah, that's good, right? That's a really good yeah, thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But here's what's interesting. 20 of them were manager tools relationships. From conferences, from the forums, hangers on to your note that you copied uh, on your email to me, Mark. That's pretty cool. That's really that's cool. Pretty cool. That says something about professionalism and having your heart in the right place and recognizing that management is not just a job. It, it, uh, it is a profession. And as such, there are professional standards of conduct and behavior that we ought to step up and meet. Um, I, I asked him something else. I asked him how he felt about my call. You know, um, maybe, maybe we shouldn't call, right? Let, let's validate the, the opposite. Let's do the, let's make sure the experiment is, is valid. And maybe, maybe in fact, people would say, no, I don't, I don't want to hear from you. Um, maybe we should let folks be and trust that they know that we're thinking of them, assume that they're very busy and now is not the time for friendship or sentiment. Right. And his answer was, it brought tears to my eyes. Wow. And hmm. look, folks, I bet every listener right now knows one person affected in what is essentially a global crisis to some degree, you know, one. Here's your chance to be a perfect human being and what amounts to, therefore, a great manager and a professional. Um, and that means following these steps, reaching out, um, and partner, since I wouldn't want to follow that little little soliloquy there, I'll, I'll wrap up. Send the email, folks. Um, follow up with a phone call. Check in once a month. It's the right thing to do, and they'll remember it forever. Awesome. Thanks, dude. My pleasure, sir. We'll see you. Thanks, everyone. I hope you found that enjoyable, and I hope you reach out to somebody who might need some support from you. One note before we go. We still have space available in our Effective Manager Conference being held on November 11th and 12th in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, if you think you might want to go, but you're not sure, well, you might want to hear what attendees of our past conferences have had to say about the conference. So go to our website and check out the new videos. Yep, we have testimonials on video. I think you'll enjoy hearing what folks have to say about the conference. You can check them out at www.manager-tools.com forward slash Atlanta. And a special thanks to those of you who volunteered to speak about your experiences on camera. We really appreciate what you did. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all again next week. So long.